Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Good day, and thank you so much for joining us on our little podcast from Italy. Happy spring, finally. Oh, I wish we had turned the mic on to four channels so people could hear the birds chirping. It's lovely out today. It is. Today is the 8th of April, a beautiful sunny morning. Thank goodness. Oh, it feels so good. The air, the, uh... The high pressure is in. There's not a cloud in the sky, and it is forecasted to be that way for the next couple of weeks. Oh, sorry. Good. Hello. My name is Jason, and this is my <laughs> wife, Ashley. Ciao. We have to reset. We do have to reset. <laughs> this is the podcast from Italy. The inconsistent yet consistently consistent. It seems like it's a Monday <laughs> podcast. Last three Mondays, anyway. Has it really? Um, today's Monday. Oh, well. We shall see if we continue that pattern. Very yes. <laughs> Very well. We've had an exciting week. We had guests this week coming in and out, and we went to a uh, Agra Umbria. Agra Umbria. We looked at a bunch of really cool tractors and equipment for. All things agricultural that I will never be able to afford to own. It reminded me of going to, remember in New York, we'd go to the Jacob Javits Center and go to like the fancy car show or whatever, mm-hmm. the concept car show. Yeah. It made me think of that going to see all the tractors and the the regular ones that you would actually use on a small scale farm like ours or like Giant big daddies. Like huge ones. <laughs> Where you're just like, what the hell is that for? Uh, we. It was incredible. It was incredible. We saw... D- 50 different types of chickens. I didn't even know that many existed, to be honest. Now I know when people ask us, what type of chicken do you have? Now it's I'm, not just chicken. It's not yeah, just chicken. I always was like, I don't know, brown chicken. They like brown eggs, brown chickens, whatever they give me from the hardware store. But now I understand because my, there was ones with pom-pom heads. There was ones with um, feathers on their feet. Yeah, yeah. There was, I didn't even know that English chickens meant they were weirdly skinny, long legs. They did have weird, skinny, long legs. Well, reset. It was in, what was the name of the town in, in Umbria, uh, outside of Perugia? Um, Bastia Umbria. Bastia Umbria, uh, which is about, it was it's about. Like a, about 20 minutes outside of Assisi. Yeah, and it was about about an hour and 20 minutes from our house. So we uh, woke up early yesterday morning and got out of the house by 7, and we were there at 8.30, and we were one of the first ones in, which is Uh, good. One of the first ones, however, was already pretty packed. It was pretty packed, and it was good because we we were meeting uh, some friends for lunch. But wait, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Um, The parking situation was out of control as well. It's always out of control. It's Italy. People were parking not only along the side of the street, but in the middle of the roundabouts, I thought that's pretty damn palsy, and it wasn't. It was full, just straight on grass. I, I don't know. I. This is Italy. You park. You park. You park wherever you want to park. Wherever your car can fit. Yes. Um. But there were loads of people there, and it was it was fun. I love walking around those kind of expositions where there's tons of stuff. We talked to a guy about a drip water system that I will never get, and we talked and. Um, what else? Did I, I saw that my zero-turn lawnmower that I want. How much was that? I don't even know. There was no price on it. That thing looked really expensive. We saw, again, the cheese grater that I want. I know. And, um, 250 220 220 We should have bought it. I know. Ashley wants uh, this professional cheese grater because she <laughs> loathes grating cheese. Grating chocolate is worse because it melts in your fingers. 
but we create so much freaking cheese by hand that my arm starts getting tired. Well, maybe, Those hunks of parmesan. Maybe for your maybe for your birthday this year. Oh, I thought I was grater. getting an iron. Quick, quickly tell the iron story. I hate ironing so much. It, so much so that like I normally wouldn't buy clothes that need to be ironed. And especially out here, it's awesome. You line dry your clothes. Who cares? We're out in the country. And Jason sometimes wants his button-down shirts ironed and things like that. Well, we have a kind of shitty iron that you have to push really hard, and it doesn't work that well. And um, we started working with a, a cleaning lady, and Claudia. She, she was just disgusted by it and offered to bring her own. And I joked, and I said, oh, you don't like mine? But sarcasm doesn't really translate well. And she goes, oh, no, and tried to, like, backpedal. And Jason and I just burst out because she was saying how ours is just a P.O.S., and it is so she felt like strong enough that she brought her own she professional brought, yeah. grade. If you're gonna make me do, if you if I have to do some ironing, I need a real tool. Exactly, but we're not here to talk about irons. No, we're not. But um, so the agri market saw tons of chickens, um, but cool there, cows. There were cool cows. There wasn't a lot. Uh, I was there looking for. Um, like biological uh, things for for to control flies. And I wanted to see like cool handmade tools. Yeah, I was looking for a lot more hand tools, and there wasn't a lot of of uh, that kind of stuff there. The seeds were the regular ones you would find at pretty much any yeah no hardware no store or kind of store. specialty seeds or specialty plant people. A lot of machinery and cows. Yeah, but we got a cool water. Th- Feeder for the chickens. Yeah, we got a water feeder for the chickens, so that's a score right there. And we had a wonderful day. We had a wonderful morning in in um, Umbria. It was. It was a gorgeous day, and we went to a Casa Nobile, a noble house, which was really cool to walk around. And I love going in houses in Italy. It's your imagination starts running wild. It's from the 17th century. Mm-hmm. Whoa, it was cool. Well, anyway, this podcast... Well, is there anything else you wanted to add that Hold we've on, been up pl- to? I have a... Someone needs to ask me a question. Hit pause. Oh, okay. I'll I don't know pause. how to do that. Excuse me. Okay, sorry. We got distracted. We have... Um, <laughs> I was a, just going to say you have to say yeah, what's Yeah, we have a family, a, a family with a 14-year-old girl and a 16-year-old boy, and they wanted to be put to work. Like, they kept asking <laughs> me, so it was like... <laughs> You've got it. Done and done. Done and done. So I have the 14-year-old girl scooping the poop out of the chicken coop from that, you know, I have to, uh, in the, when you're getting ready to get the chickens again, you take like the first layer of dirt off and you Yeah, it's not like there's like, like a ton of poop in there. No, it's just just like, yeah, the mud. The mud. And, and I have the 16-year-old boy. He's, he likes to, uh, he's into, um. Knives. Knives, cutlery. And I have him sharpening every knife I have. He does it as a, like a side job. Yeah, he does it as a side job. Normally, they, Jason doesn't let anyone do that. No, but it's like, oh, you do this? Great. I have, here's 18 knives. Go for it. Well, and actually, this is a great segue because today is our first pizza class of the season. <laughs> so, what, did I uh, over-modulate? No, you did it Oprah style. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was singing style. So we're doing our first pizza class of the season today uh, with this family on this glorious um, day. And we thought we'd answer some questions and do a Pizza 101 podcast. John from Seattle sent us a bunch of questions. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Loved that. Um, and I thought we would go through the questions one by one and have Jason kind of walk us through the whole pizza process. Are you down? 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I wanted to know more about your wood-fired pizza oven. I've seen your videos, but I wondered if Jason could expand on the techniques he uses. Did you build the oven or did it come with the place? Oven was here long before we were. And I'll expand on this question. Have you done, what kind of work have you done to the oven? Uh, Once a year, um, I have to refill the um, seams where the pieces of stone meet. So like the, the... it's not a crack, but the yeah, the seams, the seams uh, with a special cement that um, that can withstand the heat because every year it seems to fall out. Um, if I don't do that, then the heat will escape through those seams. Okay, uh, moving right along. Oh, oh, also, oh. sorry. Um, the the first couple of times you light the fire mm. in the uh, in the in the spring, you have to light small fires. Um, one or two sm- couple is better small fires a f- couple of few days before to kind of get the wet off the stone and preheat the stone you can't just go in and might light a big giant fire first uh, first time after the winter it will crack the stone that's a really good tip we've had some masons out and then they've really gone to town talking to you about all this too yeah that's um it's def- you will break your oven right away if you don't uh, light preheated kind of the first time once the summer you know once you use it on a regular basis and the the stone is is kind of up to temperature and and working you you don't have to do that anymore what even would you suggest doing that if the first time you're going to light it is in august uh the first time you're going to light it yeah definitely so still just all yeah if you're even if it's the summertime and you haven't used you know you used it in june and you're going to use it again in august then night before light a small fire in there it just kind of preheats the stone it gets the moisture humidity out of the stone most of all and um it'll just it's a nice prep it's a prep and if you crack this if you crack it that's it so it's worth it's worth doing well this um next question goes right to that what is the ideal temperature for the oven? Shoot, well, I, I don't uh, know. first of all, it's going to depend on what you're making, but let's go with pizza since this is pizza 101. Hot. <laughs> I don't have a thermometer. I just stick my arm in there. If I can hold it for like a two count, then it's ready. If it's... So, but let's come on. You know your visual indicators. Well, the... you don't use a thermometer. No. And there are those guns, right? The, yeah, you can get infrared thermometers. Those are expensive, but that's cool. So, how do you know your oven's ready? I stick my arm in no, the but oven. No, like knowing the color of the stone changes. Oh, oh, oh. Do you mean ready to start baking? Oh, okay. So you light the fire in the middle, middle to the rear of your oven. The um, the roof of the oven will turn black. At first um as the oven heats up and the temperature gets higher that that car uh carbon will burn off and you keep your door closed or open okay open totally open and uh once the carbon burns off and the entire roof of the oven turns white hot you're ready to go you take your you take your ash and you push it to the side you keep a piece of piece or two of wood going so it keeps the temperature of your oven up you sweep it out and you're ready to go yeah this is not um making pizza do not do this in flip-flops no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to eventually sw- sweep some of it out. Mm-hmm. So now that we have our oven prepped, let's talk dough. Okay. Give me um, – he, here's the question. I've always heard about this magical zero-zero flour available in Italy. Do you use it for the pizza crust, and does it make a difference? Um, I use type zero flour, uh, so – Well, people, break it down. So zero-zero zero, zero versus most, zero. Zero-zero versus zero. Um, it depends. Some people, some of the ladies I've seen use zero for flour, uh, for pasta. Some of them only use zero, zero. Some of them say it doesn't matter. I use, here's what I do. I find zero, zero to be finer and not have as much gluten in it. So I think of zero, zero as cake flour. So I use zero, zero for 
pastry. I use zero zero for um, doughs sometimes. It depends what type of dough. Um, so you use zero for? I use I and also I use zero because I make bread now. So I I have more zero. I have bulk zero on hand. So I use type zero flour. And but that's what was recommended. That was what was recommended to me. Um, for pizza. <laughs> On a side note, tell them the funny story about uh, the Molino in Sant'Angelo. Oh, so I've told this story <laughs> before, but I went to the mill in Sant'Angelo and I was asking the, the lady there, what's the difference between zero and double zero? And she was telling me and she looks around and says, but we put the same flour in both bags. <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just love that story. Yeah, she's like, we put the sa- it's the same flour. But speaking bags. of flour, you use two flours. Are you too, but you're not you're not answering the question. Oh, sorry. Uh, what's the magical type zeros and type zero zero? Honestly, if you can only find all purpose flour, as long as it's a high quality, I don't. I think it'd be better to get a high quality type zero uh, all purpose flour than to try to source Italian type zero or double zero that God knows how old it is or where it's coming from or, or cost you. Seven bucks a bag. I mean, if it's cost you an arm and a leg for a bag of flour, just get the best, the best all-purpose flour you can find in your area. I think that's more important. So, and then the second question of, do you use it for your pizza crust? You use the zero, and you use the other. Yeah, I use two flours. Ashley will post the recipe for the pizza dough. Yeah, but I use milk in the dough, and I use uh, beer instead of sugar. I find the milk makes it soft, and the beer gives the yeast the sh- the uh, the sugar it needs, but doesn't. It has more flavor to it, and you can play with the types of beer you use if you want to make a real, um, you know, nutty kind of um, weedy. Uh, hoppy taste at a darker beer or if you just want it to have a neutral taste I use beer more yeah, Moretti <laughs> I use Moretti because it's like I just want I just find it's just something to, instead of sugar which just it sh- has no taste the beer gives it a little something it's really good oh but you did you say Farina di America oh sorry I sorry yes I, I use uh, milk um, I use the milk the beer and two types of flour I use um Type zero Italian flour, and I use a high gluten or bread flour that they call Farina di America here. It's or the name brand. Manitoba. It's called Manitoba. Is the type of type of wheat, um, but just to eat bread bread flour. That uh, that's all that matters. So, do you have any special secrets for stretching a pizza crust? Shoot. Um, well, actually, we should. I mean, we'll answer that question, but I think you should almost go step by step. You make your dough. Make but, yeah, dough. before we answer his question about stretching, let's take it from you've made your dough, you punch it twice. I punch it, I let it rise again, I make it into balls, I let it rest and come back up. And then... Um, How long? It depends, depends on, on the day. The, it depends on the day and it depends on the amount of dough. Obviously, if I'm doing a pizza pizza night and it's seven, eight recipes, it takes longer than if you're making one recipe. Same with if it's a rainy one day. day or, yeah, it's going to depend and... and um, to talk, it's going to be hard. It's it's not something you can explain by talking. the The whole thing is, if you start round, you'll finish round. So you want to. This is for making your. This is for making the balls. You have to start with nice round dough balls because if you start with wonky ones, it's going to be hard. It's going to be harder to have a round pizza at the end. Um, first, what I do is I make the crust with my fingers. You'll have a big mound of dough in the middle. You you with your hand with your fingers, you push that mound of dough out. 
Um, then you, I use a rolling pin one or two times to make a flat disc, and then I stretch it with my hands. I stretch the perimeter of the dough with my knuckles, not the center. I let the dough, the dough falls over my hands, and I let gravity stretch the center, and I stretch the rim. What are you using? Flour, semolina? I use, I use semola. Uh, I like the semola semolina because it doesn't impart itself into the dough. It kind of stays superficially, and it acts like little ball bearings. But I've noticed when we go shopping for the semolina, I don't know if this is just here in Italy, but there's like three different types. There's semola and semolina. And isn't it like semola, hard gr- like No, semola is bigger, and semolina is a finer grind. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense then. Um, yes. So you're stretching secrets for pizza crust. Um and it's just practice, practice, practice. And we should do a video on stretching pizza. I was thinking that too. I'll have to. Now, everyone has a different technique to do it. I, when we were in Napoli, the guy would take six or eight dough balls and, and um, pre-stretch them all together by just dumping tons of flour in between the, uh, the dough balls. Um, so some people use the rolling pin the whole time. Um, I do I do the rolling pin for one or two passes because it just helps. It's I'm fat. It's faster. And when I do um, pizza night and I have to do you know thirty forty pizzas, I can just bang it out. You know if it, if I save twenty seconds of pizza, it's it, it makes a difference at the end. So that's why I use the rolling pin. And for my and for the cooking classes, it's easier to teach if you have that. If you start out with that nice even disc. After you initially put uh, make the crust and 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 uh, get the lump of dough out with your fingers, if you, that nice disc is much easier to um, to stretch out. And my question, not John's, but uh, your thoughts on spinning the dough, on uh, tossing it. Oh, totally for show. <laughs> I mean, it's got to help stretch it a little bit, but no. it's really for show, isn't it's it? It's totally for. I mean, I guess it does, but it's. And but here, what are your tips if you were going to try to toss? My tips to try to toss? I re- you, to use your knuckles. Yeah, that's for stretching it as... I know, but I just mean like if you're going to try to do it. Some people want to try. Yeah, don't, don't try it. to catch it with your fingers. Try to catch it with your, like a boxer with your, with your fists. Because <laughs> your finger will go right through. Exactly. Um, all right. So now that you've got the dough made, your fire started. Oh, was there another part to that? No. Oh, okay. Sauce? Um, yeah, the sauce. Exactly. That's the next question. His question is, John's question is, do you make your sauce from canned or fresh tomatoes? Is it pretty much just tomatoes or do you doctor it up with any other ingredients? Um, I make my toma- my sauce from our jarred tomatoes. And um, it's just pure. It's just past tomatoes. I put in some olive oil, some salt, chili flakes, or um, herbs, whatever I got, oregano, basil, whatever's floating around, and a little bit of garlic. You do like grated garlic? I do. I microplane the garlic really, really fine. And not a lot. It should not taste garlicky. Mm-mm. It's just just a little. And it's an uncooked sauce. So the pizza, the, it's so hot in the oven that the sauce will cook directly on the pizza. So I don't have to boil the sauce at, or simmer the sauce at all. Um, also, during... Um, in the height of tomato season, I'll use fresh tomatoes. Absolutely, it's just um, their availability, and or the you know the their when the quality is there. Because it's if I go to buy fresh tomatoes today in early April, they they're terrible. Oh yeah, we the, our jarred tomatoes are awesome. Yeah, our jarred tomatoes are a thousand <laughs> times better. Um, any do's or don'ts you can share? Any do's or don't pizzas do's and don'ts? Uh, I know one. Less is more. 
Oh, yeah. There you go. That's a good one. Less is more on the pizzas. The more you, crap you put on the top of it, the more the harder it is to get your crust to get nice and crispy. So less is more. One or one and a half spoonfuls of sauce on the pizza. Nice, you know, extended out nice. It doesn't have to be covered with cheese. You can have red peeking through. If you're going to put on <laughs> toppings, put on one or two toppings. Don't put five things on there. And just a little bit of it. The heavier, this is a very thin pizza. It's thin. It's delicate. It cooks very quickly. The more stuff you put on, the the more water that will be on there. You'll have a big pool of water in the middle of your pizza. Your bottom crust won't get crunchy because it's too much humidity on top of the dough. Um, it'll stick to the board when you're trying to get it off. All problems of over topping. Um, and let's talk cheese real quick. Um, I use fresh mozzarella with our guests. Just mozzarella. Mozzarella. <laughs> fresh mozzarella because... They don't get to see it all the time. but And you it, slice it. I slice it very, and drain very thinly it. and leave it in a colander to drain. Again, water is the enemy of pizzas. Uh, if you're going to do mushrooms, saute the mushrooms real quick. Get their water out. Put them in a colander and let them drain out. Um, same thing with olives and things Another like tip. Um, you mentioned before the semola on the table that you're rolling your dough. But it also serves as what you like to say ball bearings for. I talked about that. For I talked about that. Oh, for using the peel? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, what about some of your favorite toppings um, or types? We do a pizza. Um, we do a potato and uh, ricotta and rosemary pizza that I really like. I take a potato peeler and I um, I do very thin, thin pieces of the potato and um, lay that on first. Then it's a nice drizzle of olive oil, salt, pepper, some rosemary, and then dollops of ricotta cheese. And that's a pizza Bianca. Oh, my pizza, God. It's my really good. favorite. It is so good. Um, I also take onions and chop them up real fine and put them under salt and then wash them and drain them and throw some um, chili flakes and some rosemary into that. And you do a onion pizza. You just lay that on the pizza with a little drizzle of olive oil on the top right on into the oven. Again, awesome. Outstanding. Awesome. And chiclista. Uh, yeah, you could do a chiclisa, which is just the dough, and then you, uh, with olive, with a little drizzle of olive oil and maybe a crack of salt, and then you lay a couple of slices of prosciutto after it comes out, and the prosciutto kind of melts into the, uh, into the pizza. Oh, I thought chiclisa was plain. I mean, I get, you can get it plain, but most people get it with, um, prosciutto oh, on it. Oh, a piece of prosciutto on it. Or I prosciutto can, cotto. I can see why. <laughs> um, anything else you can think of to add about the pizza? Um, practice, practice, practice. And um, if you're going to do it in your hot, in your oven at home, get yourself a stone. And remember, when you open up that oven a lot, you let all the heat out. So crank up your oven as hot as it'll go and don't keep opening up the oven to peak. Just let it do its thing in there. I think that was really good. Yep. And um, and the sky's the limit. I mean, whatever you want to put on top of it. Um, My family wanted to put pesto on they it. They wanted to put pesto <laughs> on it. It was like, all right, we have a bunch of Italians here. Enough with the pesto pizzas. And they're, they're going to freak out, but they liked out. it. Um, they said, we've never seen pesto on pizza. <laughs> now you have. Um, a good Napolitano. Yeah, to me... <laughs> Cheese and, and a couple of pieces of basil when it comes out is awesome. I am a huge fan of sausage and mushroom. Ashley likes the sausage and mushroom. Sausage and onion is good, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Clean out your fridge. Use the bits <laughs> of the... 
pepperonata or whatever. And of course, this is only fun to do in bulk. So it's not fun to make pizza for two, three people. You invite all your friends over and you, even if you do them one at a time, don't, it doesn't matter. Um, everyone will hang out in the kitchen and just eat them as they come out. Mm-hmm. It's, you, it's shocking how many pizza, how much pizza people can eat. <laughs> we like food. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So yeah, it's starting. It's starting. I have not done the. Uh, I've not put the the uh, cement into the gro- into the seams of the oven yet. So how do you think these pizzas are going to come out? It'll be fine. It'll just, just take longer. Oh, that was going to be my other question. When you're when the when it's like um, you know, really going and cooking that pizza oven, and like during our pizza nights when we're shoving those pizzas in and out. Let's talk about how long does it take. Um, at the beginning, it'll take like um, 60 seconds, and then towards the end, it'll take like 90 seconds. I usually turn them twice, so I cook a third of the pizza at a time. It's the cl- part closest to the fire is the one that's going to brown the quickest. So you put it in, you wait till the leading edge of the pizza closest to the fire gets nice and golden. You go give it a, ter- a third turn, it does it again, and then you brown up the last part. And if you uh, if the bottom isn't crispy enough when the last third of the crust is done i move it to the back of the oven and just kind of let it sit there it could sit there for another 20 30 seconds and then you start to notice when um well halfway through a pizza night or so but that doesn't give anyone a clear indication but um that the oven starts losing well i'm doing so many pizzas so quickly that's true it's it's no one's doing like no 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 no, no, no. I'm, I'm, i'm doing 40 or 50 pizzas in like 30 or 40 minutes so when I'm throwing them in there like that, the oven doesn't have it. My oven's not big enough, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have enough time to okay. come back up. You know, the floor of the oven, that's where I have the most problem is I take all the heat out of the floor because I'm throwing cold – I'm constantly throwing pizzas in mm-hmm. there, and, and it, it takes away the heat without letting the fire warm that oven back up. But I doubt anyone's going to have that problem. Mm-hmm. You're right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Unless you're opening a pizzeria. Yes. Well, we can always, um, if you guys have any other questions about it, let us know. Or we can do another podcast about using the the wood-burning oven for other recipes and ways to use it for breads and um, meats and things like that. Oh, absolutely. The oven's great once you get it going. So, for instance, if you make pizza this afternoon, tonight you could do a roast in there. And then after the, you know, and then you could do baked bread in there. And then if you wanted to, you know... Before you went to bed tonight, you could take a potted meat with in wine and uh, pile the coals up around it, and now you have dinner for the next night. So it's awesome. It'll be like a braised, like take a leg of lamb and red wine in a uh, big, heavy cast iron pot, and throw it in the pizza oven at the you know after it's you know cooled down a little bit, and uh, pile the ashes around it. And you'll have leave it there overnight. You have braised meat the next morning. It's, it's so good. You can use yeah the the outdoor oven is great if you are interested in doing one yourself you can buy kits that will they'll bring it to your house on a pallet and they drop it off in front and then you assemble the kit and then you get a mason to build a facade like brick or stone or whatever around this this shell um and there's people that do it. you can go online and find tons of information about wood burning ovens and uh how to use them how to care for them how to build them and um you can you can do it for probably less than you think I think it's a cool thing to do. If you have, if you live in a fair climate um, part of the world, and you have some nice days to be outside, it's fun. It's really, it's really cool to have, and you'll use it way more than you, you mm-hmm. use once it you more. Got than, it. Once you got it, you'll use it a lot more than you think you will. Not just for pizza, no, and not at all. I, I've done 
um, suckling pigs in, in it. I've done turkeys in it. I've done potatoes. Um, potatoes. I've done um, pupusa. Yeah, the, the meat, the, land. The, the bread. You can do. Oh yeah, any, all the breads and challah. You can do in a regular oven. You can do it in a wood burning oven. You just have to learn how to do it. Learn how to control it. Well, right on. So thank you, John from Seattle. And um, those were great questions. I think that Jason did a good job of answering them. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. You're welcome. I'll pat myself on the back. You should. And it's almost time to go actually start your dough for the class, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. It's straight <laughs> up 10 o'clock. I got to start the dough right It's time now. to go. Well, this was, uh, I don't know, short but sweet. Yeah. What are you, what are you up to? Let's, let's see what's going on the, in this upcoming week well hopefully with this nice weather we can do some more outside projects and trim the hedges you and gaji were already um pulling back a bunch of the brambling kind of yeah with all the water we've had and now that the sun is starting to come out we are oh my god it's gonna explode the the grass and the weeds are gonna go crazy oh yeah i have uh allergy season to look forward to (laughs) oh no i have it to look forward to and your god-awful noises you make As I as I tickle my throat, yeah, the allergy season is coming. I've got my um, reactine, which is the Claritin of Italy. What are the, what's the like pollen or the white bits that flow in, fly in the air? Remember? Oh, that's more in the late summer. It's some tree. I thought that was like in June. I think it's like June. June. Yeah, that's when you get really bad. When it's, it's like stuck on the car and it almost looks like it's snowing. Yeah, it's, it's early. It's usually late spring is, is my time, so I have that to look forward to. And um, I've got a lot of weeding to do. I need to clean up some of the little flower beds and give my um, tulips some breathing room. And I want to be outside. It feels so good. It does feel so good. It's time to. Um, well, we've got our guests cleaning out the chicken got, coop, yeah, sharpening knives. We've got we've got children doing our. <laughs> bidding for us so it's time to get some chickens this week maybe if you or your family want to come and work <laughs> and pay us stay. we're happy to have you <laughs> oh my gosh we definitely it's it's hysterical it is hysterical all right should we wrap it up take well, this baby home yeah take us home ashley just throw out our information all right you can find us on facebook twitter our blog our website um on youtube and vimeo at latavola marque l-a-t-a-v-o-l-m-a-r-c-h-e and that's latavolamarque.com or latavolamarque.blogspot.com and there you can also find all of our recipes and i'll make sure to post jason's pizza recipe i can't believe i've never done it i think people are thinking i held it hostage or something oh, it's real it's really <laughs> it's really so simple <laughs> this uh recipe that she's going to post is from fano um, we were taught it by um a gentleman whose father owned a pizzeria for many many years from Fano or Pesaro? He lived in Pesaro. He lived in Pesaro. So it's Pesarese. Pesarese. And um, it used, like we said before, oil, beer, and milk. It's good. It's got a, it's with a really soft consistency. Mm-hmm. It's You guys will like it. All right. Well, very good. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to our podcast. Thanks, John from Seattle, for writing in. And if anyone else has any questions, comments, or would like to rate us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and leave a comment. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah? Should I, not, right. should I not ask for Should I not do that? No, it's awesome. All right. We'll see you guys uh, next time we hit record. Sentire Media. 
Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiti Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.